0: All right, now we'd like to bring in, come, going into his 21st year at La Habra High School, Coach Frank Mazzada, a legend in the Orange County area, well-respected amongst his peers across the country. Coach, we appreciate you for coming on to Transparent Truth. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me
0: on. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I got my man Greg Biggins here. A lot to talk about. Talking about previous teams that you've coached in the past, uh, previous players, what you guys got going on now in the summertime, what the expectations are for this upcoming season, who your top returners are, and uh, what the future looks like at La Harbor, considering you guys got a brand-new stadium being built that looks phenomenal on social media. And uh, very, very excited for you guys. So, GB... It's five-star Friday. We got a five-star coach. Take it over, big dog.
2: A- absolutely a five-star coach. Coach, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, you said 21 years. I think this is like my 21st or 22nd year. So we kind of came into this together, and uh, yeah, a lot has changed over the last 20 years. Let's start off with let's start off right there, Frank. Since you started at La Habra until present day now, obviously I feel like social media has changed where the game's played. We've seen... Free agency is kind of how Keith, I like to joke about the offices now. It's just people going, transferring left and right. But from when you started, even going back shoot 20, even going back 10 years ago, what do you feel like some of the biggest changes that you've seen in high school football are to this present day?
1: Well, I think you hit on it, you know, right off the bat with the social media because, you know, that creates a lot of uh, interest in the game, but it also creates a lot of envy and things like that. I think people look around and, you know, the impression is that, Oh, everybody else is getting an offer. How come I don't? Or, you know, this is happening there. How come it's not happening here? I think people just kind of lose sight of, um, you know, how good they have it in their own situation, you know, when you look at that social media piece. Uh, I think seven-on-seven seven and things like that have really changed. You know, high school football, there's a lot more. Uh, there's kids, you know, going all different places to play seven-on-seven seven and things like that, and you know, creating friendships. And I think that leads to some of the, the free agency also you know um and those are some of the biggest things i think right now affecting you know high school football
2: hey coach go with that you know i I talked to a lot of coaches about seven on seven and most high school coaches aren't huge fans of it and i think for some of the reasons that you just mentioned yeah you know it keeps them out the streets keeps them out of trouble but I think there's always this, this concern about, you know, are, are all 7-on-7 seven seven coaches, what are they getting out of this? And are kids kind of, is this kind of opening up the floodgates for kids to want to go to another high school because they make this friendship via 7-on-7? Seven seven? And overall, what is your thoughts on 7-on-7? Seven on seven? And, and um, is there any way that you would maybe like to see it streamlined a little bit or even maybe governed? by the CIF in a, in a way that so you can kind of do it with, with, with you know, a La high school team in the spring? Or do you kind of like, it's like they need a break from you and, and it's okay to them to go and, and play within their kind of an all-star team? Well, you know, that that's always been my thought process.
1: When the, when the, I think back in 2013, I think was kind of my first introduction to having uh, a couple kids branch out and kind of go on to these seven-on-seven teams. And I really wasn't sure what was going on. Um, but we never... We never stop kids from going out and playing on different teams, uh, and I, I don't. We don't have a La Habra seven-on-seven team, and I think you, what you said is 100% right. I think the kids do need a break uh, right now. Football is year-round. Um, if you're like us in Division Two, and 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 all all the people that want to be really competitive, it is year-round. So any break the kids can get from from us is probably a good thing in the long run um, because we do spend so much time together. I'm not sure how you could regulate it. Um, It seems to just grow. I mean, overnight it's so big and I love football for sure. I think it it does have its place. I think there are some skills and things that kids get um, from playing in it, but uh, it definitely has opened the floodgates to uh, kids and other people kind of reaching out and, grabbing kids and convincing them that hey you know there's a better opportunity over here why don't you come and join us and, and play with us
2: yeah you know coach your, your program is so well respected and again i'm an orange i'm an orange county guy so uh, you know I, I see it and hear about it firsthand i remember back in the days of you know of ocn when we had an orange county network and you guys were always on that. there <laughs> that was a fun show right with uh, jimmy watson and, and that whole group um that was great I miss those days. I do miss those days, but um, uh, looking back, man, you you've won what six or seven. I don't want to shortchange. You have championships. The most recent one was 2015, but how many, how many was that in the, in the, the 15 title team? Seven. Yes. Seven. If you can, yeah. let's go back to one of your, I know you won you want back to back in the early two thousands, right? 2002, yep. 2003. That yep. was, I, I, I think, so I, I had been in the business for about seven or eight years, but what do you remember? What stood out about those early teams? Who were your guys on those teams? And who did you remember beating kind of on the way to those championships?
1: Yeah, it was great. You know, we, had a, we went to the finals in 2000. My third year here, we went to the finals and lost it. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm not sure if I'll ever get back to a final, you know, because you, you know how precious they are. And just to get there and we didn't win it, and then a couple of years later, you know, we kind of had that great group of kids coming up, and, and we really made a commitment in the offseason to, you know, to, that was our first real let's get in the weight room and let's, let's get after it in the offseason hard in the weight room. And uh, like you said, we won the back-to-back titles. I think, uh, you know, along the way we played that year, the 2002 season, that, like I said, that was when we started upping our schedule. We picked Los Alamitos to play, uh, John Barnes, Phenomenal coach had a great team. I think they were number five in the nation when we played them that year. Uh, we lost twenty-four to twenty out here uh, at La Habra High, and I know that year in the finals they played uh, Modern Day. I think they beat them by you know thirty forty points that year to finish undefeated. Um, I remember that was I probably that team. yeah that was probably and that was our first introduction to really upping the schedule just to see, you know, I mean, Hey, if you're going to be good, you got to play good. You got to see what it looks like. Um, and for our little community here in North Orange County, you know, that had not happened before. And we learned a lot from playing, you know, Los Sal that year. And it really, I think we, it propelled us to that first title, in know, Then we came back in Oh three and we you know we had Daniel Morales, at quarterback and he returned for us, uh, the Seattle player of the year and that kind of stuff. And that was a great year. And you don't you remember the old Western teams back then. Yep. They were loaded with guys, you know, the Mike of yep. potties of the world and, and some we're of those guys, town. you just go, Oh man. And we beat them pretty good in the finals that year. And that kind of started on to that, you know, Hey, you know what? We could be pretty good up here in North Orange County, a small little community um, on the border of Whittier and all that kind of stuff that, you know, we could <laughs> do some championships.
2: Hey, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I remember running back Ronnie Hillman. Oh yeah, um, was was he like oh seven oh eight oh six? Yep. Somewhere around that time, I used yeah, to have much 06, better 7, 8, yeah. That, that, yeah. you guys won at least at least one or two with him, right?
1: We won two with him. Uh, yeah, in in oh six we lost in the semis, and then in two thousand seven we went undefeated, the only undefeated team at La Habre High. Uh, in our history, and we were undefeated in '07, uh, and then '08 we came back and uh, we beat um, Tustin at Anaheim Stadium in '08. Yes, and, uh, yes. With
2: with the, they had some studs too. Holy cow! That team oh, had man, some dudes. That, yeah, yeah. No, with that running that offense was so hard to prepare for. I remember you know watching them play with, back in the Deshaun Foster days and whatnot. But uh, oh yeah, if, if you they can, the, I, I just. I, I always remember Ronnie Hillman. I don't want to, I don't want to get off track uh, away from him because he was one of the better backs. I've seen him come of Orange County, went to San Diego state, um, you know, high NFL draft pick. How good was he for you in high school? And what do you remember most about, you know, the way he ran the football?
1: He, he was great. Um, he was one of those kids that, that, you know, he was a hard worker. Um, he was versatile. He was smart. He picked things up really fast. You know, for us, he played on about just about everything. He played we know our slot. We really got into that whole fly sweep kind of thing with him. Um, he rushed for a thousand plus yards, and he caught the ball for a thousand plus yards in the same season. Um, he just was pretty dynamic. We could we did all kinds of shifts and moves. We moved from receiver to running back and do do all those things. Um, I remember during the recruiting process, or later on, I remember I'd like Matt Lubick telling me, you know, he was fighting for for Ronnie Hillman. I think Matt might have been at Arizona State or something like that, and. You know, he had two guys on that list and one of them ended up being the kid at Oregon and obviously Ronnie and, uh, you know, the coaches later on were like, man, you were right, you know, we should have we should have gone on those guys because I thought Ronnie <laughs> was probably more of a slot, just his size, you know. And then he goes to San Diego State and Brady Hope puts him in the eyes formation, like, okay, yeah. you know, and geez, he had a great career at San Diego State and played four or five years in the NFL and it
2: turned out pretty good for him. You know, I remember, again, we're skipping ahead, but again, for those who don't know, you know, the Hobbit program, you guys won, I want to say like four titles in a row, um, yeah. just dominated, just absolutely dominated with, with a, a fun brand of football. You guys were, you know, you were so disciplined and smart. You played so hard. You were physical, incredibly physical. I, I, I love the videos you're posting now. On, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, you guys, are, you've always been all about the weight room. You guys were always big, strong, fast. You played hard. You played angry. You played aggressive on defense. But 2015 w- w- was, a, was a really good team. I remember you told me in the preseason. I, I called you in the preseason. I was building stuff with Fox. And I said, hey, you know, where did we rank yet? And we kind of had that conversation. You, got, you know, I got a quarterback. He goes, his name's Eric Barriere. You know, he's only 5'10", 5'11". No one's recruiting him, but this guy is really, really He's a special, special talent. And, man, sure enough. The guy leads you guys to a CF title. Hail Mary went over San Clemente. How good was that kid? And what do you remember most about that whole entire season? And we could probably talk about that game against San Clemente for a good 15, 20 minutes. But what do you remember most about that season, and specifically coaching Eric for the last couple of years that you had him?
1: Eric Eric was, he was funny. Yeah. You know, when he was a sophomore, he started for us as a sophomore. And our his, That 2013 team, I thought was one of our best teams and we ended up losing in the playoffs. And that kid in that game was unbelievable as a sophomore. And then you just you just saw this, you know, not only is he talented, but he, he has the potential to be a, a really good leader on the field. And he was so quiet, Greg, that when I first had him in meetings, you know, you know, you're talking and you're going over things in meetings, and he doesn't say a word. And I'm thinking to myself, is he even listening, you know? And then you go to the field, and he nails it, and you go, oh, okay. I got it. You know, he's just a quiet kid. He's not going to be real responsive, you know, verbally. He's going to absorb it all and take it out in the field. And then because he was so smart, we we just, we did so much on offense, you know, because of him. Because not only, you know, was he a great athlete, but he was a great thrower and really smart. Um, that team was pretty solid, you know, and he led us all the way to the the finals that year in the championship and that game against San Clemente was wild. They were loaded with kids um, you know, they had Jack Sears and yeah. two scholarship linemen and a big tight end scholarship and, oh, yeah. you know, just those, those kind of kids, you know, and they're well coached too. Jaime Ortiz did a great job and it was a nail biter to the end. And we fortunately, we had 20 seconds on the clock when they scored and, uh, we got a decent kickoff return, you know, one play like to the 25 yard line and Eric scrambled around and found Prince in the back end zone and and it was amazing finish. I'd never, i never been a part of something like that before in my life. And, and I kept saying to myself and, you know, not only was that a great play, but that was for the championship. <laughs> you know, how often
2: you get a Hail Mary, then, you know, the Hail Mary for the championship for all the marbles. It was crazy. It was crazy. No, it was crazy. It was funny. Like a year later talking to some of the San Clemente parents, and they were still bitter about the kickoff. Like, you know, did they like They. I wasn't at the game. But I remember reading all about it. But did they like squib it and end up? You guys got like the, the fifty yard line or something crazy like that?
1: No, no. The kicker was really good. I mean, most of the time the ball in the end zone. You know, in high school, there's no return, so you're you're pretty you're, you're yeah. handcuffed when you're on the you know twenty yard line coming out. So he, he kicked it a little short. I mean, it was a regular kickoff, but we had a good return. We had, we had a really good athlete back there, and he had some nice returns all year. So they kicked it to him, and we ran it out, and they actually. He did out of bounds, too. So that added like 15 yards. <laughs> That's what it was. To the kickoff return. Yeah. Drop and the so, clock And give you a short field. Yep. So we dumped an out route, you know, for 15 yards. And, you know, we, we I think we had one timeout and talked to Eric and said, hey, you know, buy yourself a little time. And we kind of, uh, you know, you have, you have some of your end of the game kind of plays. And we put Prince into the boundary side and actually put Prince on like a post route and we were going to have like almost a two follow routes behind it just in case, you know, we could get to the end zone and catch it. Even if we were short and, you know, kind of fight our way in. Eric scrambled around and Eric and Prince went behind the defense and ran back behind, like on the end, uh, the end line. And the guy covered him kind of stopped, just let him go. And then Eric dumped it right over. It was perfect throw right in the corner and Prince kind of left his feet and made the catch. And I was amazed the referee that, that guy, I mean, he had uh nerves of steel because he, he saw
2: it. He looked right at it.
1: Didn't hesitate. Boom, hands up in the air and was decisive. And, and there it was.
2: Yeah. Gotta be decisive, right? You, it, you can make the bad call, but you better be decisive either way. you, you kind of hem and haw a little bit and you got all, you got a heck to pay. So, yeah,
1: hey. it, it's funny. I saw, I saw, um, Steve Fryer had talked about it maybe like the next day about, you know, was it in or out? And I, I had a still photo. It was, I send him the still photo where Prince is at least a yard in bounds. It was it was pretty good to have that
2: picture to go with it. Yeah, no, none of the coaches. And we, we actually had Jaime on our podcast a little bit earlier during the NFL draft because of Sam Darnold. But, uh no, I know he has great respect for you and your program. And there was no never a doubt it, it was in bounds. It was just the disgruntlement about the kickoff and then like, you know, how to get, how's the guy wide open the end zone, last play? It was all those kind of talks, but it was, it was sure. when was, they came back and won it the next year. But, hey, just, I want to go, you, you've had so many great players. This might be kind of hard for you, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm okay. going to give you a couple seconds to think about it. So I'm going I'm to throw out the question, <laughs> and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. But I want you to give me kind of like your all-time best player you ever had and played against on both sides of the ball. So think about that one for a second. Oh right. my so You play. I mean, I, you mentioned those low Sal teams and people. Again, people today who kind of follow high school football, they don't get it. Those old school low south, but teams were kind of like what Bosco Modern Day is now. Oh no I mean, question. Those oh were yeah. number one, number one in the nation types. So yep. loaded. Yeah, with the quarter every year they had a quarterback who went somewhere, and they had they went through a string of of receivers with Stanley Guyness and Tony Hartley and Keenan Howery and Brad Melsby. Brad Melsby, sure. Orlando Riley Scandrick, and taking that tour, they had dudes, Jeremy Childs, um Orlando, you mentioned Skandrick, there's obviously John Barnes, Hall of Fame coach. So um, you played against some of the modern day teams. You, you, you but you've had some dudes. So no more so time is up. Frank, give me <laughs> give me the best offensive player you've ever had on your team. Oh my god. I really had to give you one. One coach. It's transparent truth, baby. <laughs>
1: Oh, my – you're going to – I'm going to yeah, have hey, a if lot you of – If you want to go co,
0: I'll let, I'll let you – we'll let you go co. Ah, uh, you letting him <laughs> off easy, GB. Hey, Come uh, on,
2: goat. Hey, you know what? The, the more love for kids, the merrier. So, if he's got, he's got two kids, we can – let's go two. <laughs> well, definitely, I'd have to – you got to include a kid like
1: Eric Barrier because he definitely okay. – he, he could do it all. I mean, he could do it all. I know I'm going to have a lot of quarterbacks mad at me. Um, and, you know – and like you said, John, uh, Ronnie Hillman was so versatile. Coming, I mean, he could carry it, he could catch it, he could return the kick. I mean, he, yeah, I think those two guys probably co at the top. Just an overall same dynamic
2: playmakers. Same question. Sure. Defensive side of the ball. Who was the best defensive player you ever coached? Oh my God! Um, wow, that, that's. I
1: probably had to go up maybe with Aaron Porter okay yeah he was our he was our outside linebacker oh um, man so and again vers- versatility he could come off the edge he could drop he'd he rush the a gap he was 227 pounds speed and power and toughness and um, I definitely think uh, I'd have to go with AP
2: you know I, I saw I saw you guys play live and I forgot who it was it was, it was but Orgeron was, was at that game, and he was at US. This is when Porter was playing. There was there was twenty coaches that was at the Kennedy. Paul Amal was at the game. There was so many coaches. I ended up going to UCLA, and he was a guy yeah. who I thought was going to be like a multi year starter, and it just never worked out for him. But man, Porter was big time. Did uh, were you a little surprised that he didn't have you know more success after high school? Yeah, actually,
1: I was. I think though, you know, there were some injury issues and stuff like that that uh, that played a part into it. And then, you know, like everything else, you know, I find out there all these years, you know, the, the right fit is so important for these kids. I think, unfortunately, sometimes people might pick their favorite school rather than the school that fits them best. And, uh, I think, uh, UCLA being his favorite school, it may have not have been the best fit for him at that time. Also.
0: Good point.
2: I think he, I think I, he found I, a good home at Washington state after. Yeah. No, it's, it's always don't go to the biggest name school. Go to the biggest best fit for you. That meets your skill set and, and all that good stuff. So Absolutely. It's better to be wanted and, you know, a place where you, where you could fit in. And I'm not sure, you know, that that was UCLA. Hey, Frank, give me the three best players. Give me three that you ever coached against. Oh, my goodness. You got um, three? Probably. Oh, there's, there's lots of them. I think,
1: like you said, you can't go back to those little South teams without – you know, I think probably you know Jeremy's childs and Orlando Scandrick in those days were, were some of the. I mean, I remember watching Los Al because you know we we hadn't played that level ever, and I'm looking at him like getting ready to play him. You're going, holy cow, you know. <laughs> those, I mean, those guys they they almost could do anything, you know. Yeah, both sides of the did, ball. They, yeah, I think I think uh, you know there was a, there was a time when Los Al almost was limitless of what they could do talent wise back then. Um, I think Anthony Wilkerson, probably, uh, and uh, I'm John a blank right now, and the kid that was the wingback, uh, he ended up being like the number one 200-meter runner in college. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. They had both of those kids in the backfield at Tustin, and that was a pretty special group of kids. I think Anthony wanted to Stanford. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the wingback's name right now. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah, trying to I, blank you know. too. I
2: remember Anthony vividly, but I can't remember the wing back either. I don't probably because uh, I d I, I don't think he played football in college, did he? he didn't he go to the track Bro, Yeah, he went all track. And, and and was really
1: good at like like Olympic trials good. Yeah. For the two hundred meters. But I mean I've been fortunate to to have good players and then when you have good players and you're playing good teams, some of those games have been so fun, you know. They've been really really good over the years.
2: Hey, Frank, speaking of fun, um, just going to throw out the elephant in the room. And, and a lot of people say high school football nowadays isn't as fun as maybe it used to be because we're not seeing a, maybe as much parity. We're kind of seeing super teams, right? You've got the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. And high school football has kind of trickled down as well. You have a couple teams, you know, that seem like they're so much better than everybody else. You know, right now, St. John Bosco and, and Modern Day in D1. Do you kind of see... I don't know how to ask the question, but obviously, you know, the free agency period with the constant transferring, what is your thoughts on that? And is there a way we can somehow curtail that? Do you think it's good for high school football to see super teams and, and so many players transferring every single year? You know, I, I, I personally don't, I don't think it's,
1: it's good to have the super teams, but then again, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what you can do about it. I don't have the answer. To, to fix that, um, I, I do believe in free choice. Though I, I mean, people have a choice. I don't think there's anything wrong with choice. I think things work out in the long run when people have choices. Um, I hate to restrict people's freedoms, you know. If they if they choose this or that, and they think that's better, you know, more power to them. Um, I think things will even out. I really do. Um, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to come in with about, you know, a hundred rules to try to fix one issue. Um, You know, sometimes you get kids, sometimes you lose kids. And, you know, I think reality is somewhere in the middle. I I don't have an answer how to fix it. I don't think it's bad. I think football is awesome. It's the greatest sport in the world. And, you know, right now, this is our situation. It was different, like you said, 10 years ago. It'll probably be different in 10 years. It'll work
2: itself out, I think, uh, at some point.
0: That's a great perspective, coach.
2: That's a great perspective. I was gonna yeah. say great answer too. I, I like that a lot. And uh, hey, let, let's talk present. Let's bring it. Bring it to 2018. We talked off air. You got a brutal schedule. That's always kind of been the La Habra philosophy. You know, Fresno State, Pat Hill, like right? anyone, anytime, any any place, whatever the saying was. But you guys yeah. open up with Upland. You got at Redlands East Valley, at Mission Viejo, and then you host Calabasas and Diamond Ranch. That's your non-league schedule, Frank. What are you thinking? What goes into you, you know, it, what goes into your non-league schedule plan every year? I mean, obviously, you want to schedule up, and you love that, but what is the motivation and the mindset when you do your non-league schedule? You know, ultimately, we want to play the best. I think the kids enjoy that. I really
1: do. I, I remember as a player, you know, I don't remember the games that didn't mean anything. You know, and, and people have them on their schedules, and, that, you know, and you might win bad, you know, are big, but that's not the memories. My memories of playing the game were the teams that were the toughest. Win or lose, they're still my favorite memories. And I'm not, personally, as the head coach of La Haber High School for the last 20 seasons, I'm, I'm not really caught up in how many games I win and all that kind of stuff. I really couldn't even tell you how many games that we've won in 20 years. I don't know the exact number. I know we've won more than we've lost. Um, I think playing good teams – Makes it more fun. It's quite motivating. Um, it provides a challenge. You get to see what you're really about. And I think ultimately that's what uh, the kids on the team want. They want the challenge. They want to find out what they're
2: really about. and What better way to do it than schedule the great teams that are out there currently? Heck yeah. I mean, you guys want to play. I'm sure the kid much, would much rather play in Mission do High School than the, than the Ocean View Seahawks. That's my, you know, my Big, alma mater, right there, Frank. The I gotta, Fighting Greg you know, Biggins, the Fighting Seahawks. <laughs> hey, well, one day, baby, I, I one day right. we'll be back on top. Okay, maybe not, but <laughs> probably, hey, uh, probably no, like, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? As soon as these transfers stop, you're going to see Ocean View. Just everyone's going to flock there. No, I'm, I'm not being serious right now. So, so, Coach, let, let's talk about your team. Talk about your roster. Yeah, I know you, got, you, got, you know, you lost a big-time running back. You know, Taylor was a 1,300-yard uh, running back. But you guys always bring back dudes. Uh, offensively, who, who, we, who should we be watching next year? Who we got? Well, for sure, on
1: offense, uh, our, our receiver group is going to be um, pretty good. We got some guys returning there with Mitch Anderson and Kalani Washington. Um, a kid that you guys ha- didn't get to see last year that uh that was on our team but was not able to play um was Deontay not I think he's going to have a really uh great year coming in it's his senior year is his last opportunity he was great last year every day at practice he just unfortunately couldn't we couldn't get him on the field um for other reasons um offensive line wise we returned two really good players one of them just won the MVP at the Oregon camp uh Andrew Batualia he's a he's a kid's got a couple offers already he's Saw it on the old line with uh, Marcos Duarte, who's a younger brother of a kid that was our guard on that 2015 championship team, so he's kind of got it in his lineage. Um, and I think the quarterback, Ryan Zanelli, he's proven to be a pretty special kid uh, as well. And anytime I'm you can done. throw the ball, yeah, anytime you can throw the ball and complete the ball downfield, you got a chance, I think.
2: Tell you what, man, completing the ball down the field is so much better than throwing an incomplete passes down the field. That, that's what I've always said. You know, we, we've been watching Ryan since like Pop Warner. Ryan's a stud. I can't wait to see him for a full season. And you mentioned the offensive lineman. I've always, one of my great Biggins is, is that if it's a hard last name to pronounce, he's probably going to be a good lineman. He's probably going to be huge, right? The, more, right. the more, vowels, more vowels in his last name means he's probably got about 20, 20 pounds per vowel. So you always want to have a bunch of big polys up front. How about defensively, Frank? Who we got? Um, returning, uh, obviously, the the main
1: guy on defense at, at corners, Clark Phillips. He's been, you know, phenomenal. He's he's one of those kids. He's super competitive. The greatest mindset out there. I mean, he just loves competition. Um, he's he's one of those guys. He brings up the level of everybody around him. Um, you know, as far as competing. And I think uh, secondary is why that's, always, that's where it starts with him. And then the other side, we have a kid named now Smith. He played last year. He uh, broke a bone in his wrist, or two, two bones in his wrist last year at game six. So we lost him for the rest of the year, but he's been doing a great job on the opposite side as well. Uh, and then we return Cameron Matua right in the middle. Uh, he was a great linebacker for us last year, right in the middle. He, he's had a great offseason. The kid's an absolute stud football player. And he is like a, the kid born to play football.
2: Hey coach, so what are we thinking? Coach, we thinking like minimum, you know, over under 11, 12 wins. Does that sound fair? Jeez, GB, oh, I love to see that. <laughs> hey, this is La <laughs> Habra football, that. man. We don't we don't set that bar low for La Habra football. I mean, shoot, why even set a bar if we're not going to, you know, set it high? Twelve and zero, exactly. coach. <laughs> hey, what's well, so up? Anything other than a so we're in D two, which I thought last year, God, D two was so loaded. Yeah, um, I, mean, we, I thought Upland was going to run through it. They had one of the better regular season teams that, that I saw, and they got upset. Ended up being, it was oh, an Oaks Christian, right? Yes. They, they went and, had, and won it. So, um, no, Frank, I'm excited about your team. I can't wait to see you guys play, and um, I think it's going to be a fun year. And, uh, you know, Keith, yeah, if you don't have anything else for our guy, I know he's got to go – videotape our boys in the weight room doing some stuff, maxing out, (laughs) doing some big things. Hey,
0: Coach, they're going to get underneath
2: that bar. That's mandatory at Coach Mazzazza's program. Yeah, one quick
0: question. You got a safety over there, Gabriel Hernandez, 2019 kid, Looks like yep. a natural football player, can run and hit, plays downhill, can do some covering. Talk to me a little bit about Hernandez, Coach, because I've talked to him and his dad a couple times. They're excited about the season. Um, they understand what the expectations are at La Habra, and they really want to help carry that program. Talk to me about Hernandez and his contributions this offseason and coming for this 2018 season.
1: Well, Gabe's, Gabe's been fantastic. Gabe started for us last year at Strong Safety. He had a great offseason as well. Um, when you think about a guy in the weight room, that guy's made so many it, 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 you know, overall improvements in his physicalness in the weight room and, uh, with his speed in the off season, He's really worked hard uh, on his speed as well. He's always been tough and physical, which is a great place to start because that's probably the one thing in football – You just can't teach. You can't bring that out in people that don't have it. And and Gabe definitely has that toughness. And he's a great leader among the team, too. He's got such a great attitude all the time. He's always happy. He's always excited about playing football and, and being out there with his friends and making plays and that kind of stuff. So he definitely brings a lot of positive energy out there to the defense as well.
0: Well, Coach, speaking of great leaders, we appreciate you for coming on the show. The leader of the La Habra Highlanders program for the last 20 years, coming up on his 21st season out there in North Orange County, Coach Frank Mazada here on The Transparent Truth. We appreciate you, Coach. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Love the show. No doubt about it. Coach. Take care.
1: All right. Take care, guys.